Well, hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to see you. We'll hear you. We'll have you here. Have you here with me? Uh, welcome to Dear Matchmaker. Um, if we've never met before, I'm so thrilled and honored that you've stumbled upon this podcast or maybe, I don't know, maybe your bestie shared shared this episode or uh, I don't, maybe following me on socials, which if you're not already, I don't know what you're doing, uh, at Kat Cantrell, uh, wink, wink, wink. But welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I'm your hostess with the mostest, matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the program. Um, you know, here at Dear Matchmaker, my goal is to bring as much knowledge as I possibly can to help you become the most empowered dater, to help you understand all of the ways that you're getting in your own way when it comes to finding love and to let you know that you're not alone. We've all been there, including me, been there, done that many times. And so my goal here is to help empower you to help you fall in love with dating again, right? So welcome to the show. Um, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I have another guest for you this week, which I'm so excited. So to give you like long story short, I've been asked as a matchmaker several times um, if I use astrology when I match people and I don't, I don't. However, I'm intrigued by it, extremely intrigued. And I found today's guest, actually, I think she found me through Instagram and we follow each other on Instagram. And I've been asked this question a couple of different times. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to her and see if she wants to be on the show. And she agreed. And I'm so excited uh, because she is a matchmaker who does use astrology. And I know that a lot of you are curious just as much as I am. And I, you know, I don't use astrology. There's other I use science in a different in different ways on uh, helping people match, but man, I just thought that this was such an intriguing topic. So I'm so excited to bring Lucy, um, Lucy Lucy Porter to your ears. But let me so let me just introduce her. Let me just read her little bio. So Lucy is an astrologer focused on love, sex, and relationships. Her passion is the reemergence of mysticism in a humorous, accessible, and juicy way. She is an initiated high priestess and certified matchmaker. She calls herself a priestess in the city, like a spiritual Carrie Bradshaw who walks around with a bunch of sage instead of a Marlboro light. And I'm, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to bring her, um, bring her to your ears. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Lucy Porter to Dear Matchmaker. Lucy, I'm so excited to have you here on Dear Matchmaker. Welcome. Welcome to the show, my love. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So you and I connected, we were trying to figure out before we hit record, uh, you and I had connected on Instagram mm -hmm. and we were trying to figure out how our paths crossed, but they did. And so we've been following each other. And, uh, one of the things that I get asked a lot about being a matchmaker is if I match people based off of their sign. And there's a lot of conversation about astrology. And I know I have a deep interest in it as well, just on this, just on the side of just, um, just getting to know myself better and who I am. I just recently found out about my sun and my moon and all of like, I didn't realize that there was so much more and so much more complex. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking, uh, I've been talking to a couple of people and they've been asking about astrology. And then I just, I thought of you and I wanted to have you as a part of the show to kind of share a little bit about who you are and what you do. And uh, so let's just do a, a dive. Let's just dive right in. So Lucy- Hi. In Let's go. Let's do it. 
um, Lucy, why don't you tell, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Lucy, Lucy Porter, and I'm an astrologer, full-time practicing astrologer with a kind of side exploration around how astrology really can impact relationships, self-development in relationships. So about three years ago, I decided to launch a matchmaking experiment where I did a big call out on Instagram and I said, who wants to be match made totally blind just on astrology? And at the time I was running my business, like my full-time astrology business, but I was having a hard time finding avenues where relationships and astrology were connecting or taken seriously. Um, I called up all the big matchmaking agencies in London and I was like, I've got this vision. I've got this idea. You know, if you let me work for free, like I'm sure I'll raise your match profile. And this was before astrology kind of had its renaissance. You know, astrology's got a lot bigger, especially during lockdown. But back then, it was still seen as a little odd. And um, all the matchmaking agencies were like, <laughs> absolutely not. This is this is really unusual. So I took it into my own hands and I did this call out on Instagram. And I had a really big response, about 500 people from all over the world. And this was just at the very beginning of lockdown. So I think that that window was a little bit more open for people to try something perhaps different. They had more time. And I created a podcast and I, you know, matched these five most compatible couples and recorded the whole thing. And it went really, really well. And I realized that so much of I mean, I already knew that as an astrologer that, you know, our soul's patterns can be really traced through the chart. But so much of our self-developmental relationship patterns and core needs could be found there, too. So matching people based upon what it is that they really needed in relationship rather than perhaps what they thought they wanted was creating pretty successful romantic matches. And um, yeah, from there, I did a matchmaker training and do a lot of kind of relational coaching for women, especially single women who are looking for love, uh, but helping them find what they need rather than what they want, which I think tends to steer us in a pretty tricky direction, what we think we want. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I say that all the time where, uh, yeah, I do that. It just, our needs and our wants are, are, they're not, they're not one in the same. And this is so refreshing to hear because for me and for the work that I do as a matchmaker, I, one of the, like the jokes I have is that, you know, this isn't, I'm not a drive-through, like you're not going to come in and place your order <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then I'm going to get to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's very much, uh, working from the inside out of being like sitting down and having those conversations with clients mm -hmm. and being like, what is it, you know, let's figure out what is it that you really need in order to set a steady foundation to lead you to success and hopefully a long-term relationship. And so, um, we're one in the same. I love that. That just makes me so you're, happy. You're playing the long game, I think. And yes, I think we live in the world of, you know, things being fast and apps and click and button and it arrives, but actually, even though things are really speeding up, I think people feel increasingly dissatisfied. So teaching people to play the long game and to take yes. themselves seriously and to take their needs seriously and to invest in them, I think is radical. I think so too. And it's not, it, you, uh, it is a lot about instant gratification. And even I know that 
sometimes that's a conversation that I need to have too with my clients is just because we start to work together. doesn't mean, I mean, you're going to see growth promise you, Mm -hmm. but it's not just because you hire me. It doesn't mean that you're going to get that first match and it's going to be, it's, it it can happen. Don't get me wrong, but it is, it does require some patience. And I tell my clients are like, I have to remind myself, I need to be patient in this process, which I think is something that it's a muscle that we have to develop, especially in a, in a society now where everything is just instant. Totally. Cause it's a journey. And even when you find your perfect person or whatever, you have a partner, I have a partner, then another journey begins. It's not like right. you've got your person and great. Now that's right. Relaxed. Then you've got to make that work. You know, you've got to keep that together. So it's not like it ever really stops whether you're looking or whether you have somebody, you know, it's never stagnant. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, it's, I find that in my work is because I'm more so in the longer, in the long game Mm -hmm. that it's helping. It's like, um, helping people understand themselves, understand their worth, understand what they're looking for, and then matching people. And then also helping them and continuously helping them get out of their own way so that they can nourish that relationship. So it's not, so I, I, I think I, I am really in for the long haul because <laughs> some of my clients will get into relationships and they'll be like, I'm just going to keep working with you so I can make sure that there's, so I don't get in my own way. So, yeah. That's it. You, you, you mentioned the word, which is exactly, I think really astrologers, what we like to focus on, which is worth, you know, it's yes. helping people find their worth yes. and you can do that in a multitude of ways. But I think astrology is so useful for finding your worth because you have this map you know, like you said, you, you've seen your sun and your moon, but really what everybody has is a birth chart. And it's this large map in a circle like this. And it has all of the planets in the solar system in different places with different lines and different constellations. And it's like this sacred blueprint of your soul, essentially. Mm. And everybody looks at it when they look at it, they all say, wow, oh my God. You know, it's like you, you see your fullness and maybe your fullness is over here someone else is over here and someone else's is there and there but it's it's impossible to to deny your worth when you see yourself as connected to the constellations and everything around you I think that it's so identifying for people yeah I mean I I've never had my birth chart done it's always something that I've that I've wanted that I've wanted to do and I feel that in the work that you do it's no matter what your philosophy is on it or your take on it, to me, it's another tool just to, to give you more knowledge of who you are. Cause I feel like the more knowledge we have of who we are, the better we're, the better suited we are to find our own, to find our own matches. Okay. Yeah. Language astrology. It's not a belief system. You don't have to believe that there's anything. It's just, it's a language. It's a tool for self-development. And yeah. I think that speaking that language, it can be very empowering. Yeah. So let's talk about like, well, first off, how did you get involved with astrology? Just you as, as Lucy. So my mom was into astrology. Okay. And she wasn't an astrologer. She worked in HR, but she was into astrology. <laughs> so she would always come home and say, oh, my God, we have way too many Scorpios in the office. Or, oh, my God, I need to hire an Aries next. And it was something that just sort of trickled down into my like child brain. Mm. Like, hmm, 
hmm, it was almost a way of seeing the world and seeing people, you know, through this sort of different lens. And it was something that happened very organically. I grew up, I was very magnetized to studying it and learning about it, even as a teenager. And then when I went traveling at 19 years old, I started offering different readings and really just beginning to identify more with that role of being an astrologer. I opened my business five years ago, and that was when I sort of said, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it properly. <laughs> it was very organic. You know, some people yeah. still, they have these sort of large moments, but mine was just kind of there all along, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as mine. I, this work, I, people always ask me like, how did you get into this work? And I, that's what I always say. I'm like, it found me. Like I didn't wake up one day where I'm like, Oh, this, this, this profession seems like it would be a lot of fun. It was literally (laughs) something that just fell that was consistently kind of in uh, over here and just like reminding me of this possibility of this, uh, of this work. Mm. Um, so tell me, okay. So when you, so when you get a client, Mm -hmm. talk, talk to us about like your process and, and how you work and how is it, um, Take us like on a little bit of a journey of when someone decides to start working with you. Okay. So let's say that somebody really wants to feel worthy of being in relationship and magnetize more lovers into their life. So we'll have a consultation and we will look at their patterns and I will use their birth chart to help establish their patterns around receptivity, their patterns around magnetism and feeling worthy of drawing things in and their pattern of confidence and how they lean out and take things and really we look at that through the moon sign in the chart venus and mars so they're pretty fundamental placements most people know about their sun sign but your sun sign is not actually that useful for matchmaking i'll say that anybody who's interested in matchmaking through astrology your sun sign is your identity so it's what you radiate with and you know it's great for work it's great for confidence it's great for leadership but often relationships they don't really have that kind of containment relationships are more receptive and can be tender they can be vulnerable they can be confronting you know they're a different kind of energy so your moon sign in your chart it really shows your core developmental needs and the version of you that comes out when in relationship you know, I call the moon sign the part of you that comes out when you move in with someone. So the moon sign really is indicative of that kind of tender need. So connecting with someone through their moon sign, it makes a lot more sense astrologically to, to match on that rather than sun sign. So when you um so when you mentioned sun sign, so that's like the sign that everybody knows about them. Well, not Your everybody. Star sign your star sign. So, so when people approach each other in a bar and they're like, what's your sign? It really doesn't matter is what you're saying. Not for, not for love. No, not at all. Just as a matchmaker or just talking to people, it's, it's like when people talk about the Enneagram, like people are very like, I'm an Enneagram this. And so if I, since I'm an Enneagram, I'm not compatible with these other Enneagrams. And I feel like people almost do it as a way to put up walls. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that too in matchmaking for like when you, when you figure out what their moon signs are and, and do you feel that you get pushback sometimes with your clients because of that? Yeah, definitely. Something actually that I'm quite strict about is astrology as a self-developmental language rather than just a compatibility metric. 
Mm. But, you know, it's it's not about finding the perfect sign, the perfect person, and then life is all rosy. You have to also have an understanding of yourself. So I am very strict with my clients about to give things a try, you know. Yes, yes. So are you, when you, so when you match, so you'll go off of, you go off of moon signs. Is there any other compatibility factors that you use? Oh, there's tons. I mean, yes. Yeah. The birth chart is so visual, you know, you're really reading kind of like a, it's almost like a painting or something. It's very particular, but you know, Venus and Mars are like the old classics. They're pretty good for doing your own compatibility because Venus is what it is that you, you want to receive, you know, it's, it's the lens with which you're receiving love through. You could call it your love language, you know, mm. and Mars is how you charge, how you, how you walk up to someone in a bar, you know, and someone can walk up to you in a bar really confidently, maybe fiery, maybe they have their Mars in Leo and you're like, oh, okay. Or maybe they have their Mars in Pisces and they're just giving you eyes and, you know, it's all kind of subtle and strange. So you can kind of see how someone's asserting themselves in relationship through their Mars placement. And um, that's really helpful because, you know, you may make the assumption that someone's not interested in you, but actually they have their Mars in a water sign or an earth sign and they're more of a slow mover or they are just less direct with how they show attention. So you can really see someone's motive, I think, more clearly through their Mars sign. I think, you know, it's um, one of the things that I, you know, it's not just based off of, as a matchmaker, it's not just based off of intuition. I feel like science and using other methods to help mm. um, to help people not only see themselves in a new light or to discover new things about themselves, but also to use it as a tool for compatibility. And, uh, one of the things that I use when it comes to matching is not, I don't, I don't go off of it verbatim, but it just kind of gives me a good idea. So I use, uh, a Myers, Myers Briggs, which yeah, is the, I know Myers Briggs. You do. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I, my mom taught me Myers-Briggs when I was at school. I did. Oh, did she? <laughs> yeah. And I know it's like, it's been a test that's been around forever. And I use Myers-Briggs originally just to kind of have, because Myers-Briggs also has, based off of your personality type, it also will shed some light of what you need romantically. Mm -hmm. And uh, because especially for some people who do have other ways that they get in, that they get uh, that they get in their own way. To me, the Myers-Briggs tells me really what their needs are so that, cause some people are so uncomfortable of, of expressing what their needs are in a relationship that I can be like on this paper. It tells me that these are the things that you need in a relationship. Mm. So sometimes I'll use that as a compatibility factor, not the only way that I, that I, uh, will match people, but it just kind of gives me just a little bit more insight mm. of who the individual is. And I feel that, that's what you do as well, even though astrology is, I feel like is a much, it's you were born and this is how it was when you were born versus like somebody actually like taking a test and answering <laughs> yes or no. Cause I feel like some people are like, yeah, I can, I answer these questions of what I think that you want to, you know, what yes. they think that I yeah. want them. But like your work is, is really going into who they are as an individual based off of when they were born. And I just think it's, there's something so not to sound woo woo about it, but there's something that's so magical about that. Yeah. Yeah, we are working with soul, you know, and I think yeah. that it's a, 
<laughs> you know. Yes. So yeah, big. Do you find that you get a lot of when you when you do someone's birth chart and you sit down with them and you have this conversation about Venus, about their Venus and Mars, do you find that people push back and disagree with you? Never. Mm. Never. It's interesting. I mean, I think I've been on such a journey with with you know being an astrologer that now I've established a, a pretty strong practice and the people who book in with me are pretty invested in self-understanding like it's at a certain price point it's at a certain availability it's not like I'm doing it you know whatever in a crystal ball in a street corner where there's that kind of frivolity I think that there's a kind of tone that I set with it and the the vast majority of people when they have a reading afterwards say that they've never felt so seen and that astrology gave them a language for themselves, which they didn't have access to before. Like it spoke to parts of themselves they couldn't explain. Um, not in a woo way, just in a kind of language way. Yeah. People feel really seen through astrology. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I've i never, I've, I've received readings before in the past, but I've, like I said, I've never received, I've don't really know what my birth chart looks like, but I know that I, I kind of, um, had a little bit, I feel like sometimes with my sign, it's like, I haven't, I'll read things about my sign and I'll be like, that's not, that's mm -hmm. not, I don't feel, I mean, I feel like there's a part of it. That's why I asked, because I feel like there's a part of that sign that, that I agree with, but I feel like there's also a part of it where it's like, I don't like, I don't mm -hmm. agree with what the overall, uh, all encompassing, uh, explanation is of a Gemini. And so I feel like for someone like me, who's kind of had a conflicted relationship with their sign, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would yeah. be great for someone like me to get a full, like, even, even if you don't explore matchmaking. Yes. Just, of course. Just, oh. just to, yeah. Just to have that knowledge. Do you, um, so not only, so you do use, I know you, so you use astrology when, when matching people, how do you use it in your work as far as um, coaching and like helping people gain their worth? And what, do, what does that look like? That's the majority of my work is being a full-time yeah. astrologer. So I do mentorship packages with people where we really explore their whole chart. So we help them to reclaim parts of themselves that they don't identify with, but are very clearly there mm -hmm. or explore family patterns or confidence patterns or, you know, kind of fear patterns or, or whatever and as astrologers really anything in someone's life you can see in the chart I know you say that you identify just a little bit with being a Gemini and that actually makes perfect sense because you know the birth chart has dozens and dozens of planets in it and just one of them will be your son in Gemini it's just a slice of the pizza you know there's actually so much going on with different areas of life and different relationships and you know I say this to people all the time that I've looked at my birth chart for 15 years and I look at it three times a week. And every time I look at it, I see something different. So you it's, it doesn't end. You're not just a Gemini. Right. <laughs> so much more than a Gemini. <laughs> um, and isn't that like kind of not, not to sound hokey about it, but that's really what life is, right? We owe it to ourselves to continuously learn and look at things with, with new eyes and new perspective. And I know that for myself, it's, 
it's always a work in progress. And I know that the woman that I am now uh, is not the same woman who was here three years ago or five years ago that I've continuously evolved. And I, you know, one of the things that I, that I find as a matchmaker is, is really finding, um, helping people find true compatibility and within themselves and then within their partners. But I feel like part of it too, is, is helping people find that partner or have an understanding that, that life isn't black and white. Like it's very much in the middle, sometimes can get a bit messy. Sometimes it can get overwhelming, but to have that partner who, that, you know, who you're compatible with, that you can face adversity and face, you know, hit struggles on dead on. And, uh, you know, I feel like astrology is just what you're doing is such an incredible gift for people because it helps them have so much understanding of themselves and, and helping them understand their value of what they have to offer the world. Mm -hmm. And then when they know that, then they can take that head on and be able to truly, even if it's not matchmaking, that they can be able to really seek out and attract the partner that they truly deserve that will help them with that same, help them with their passions and goals because they'll put themselves first. Totally. When you, when you hold yourself to a level, the world responds, you know, it's like when you feel really yes. good yourself, people flirt with you in the coffee queue, you know, when you're having a good day, even if you don't look that good, you know, it's, That's right. it's, it's an energy thing. And I think when you pick someone up and they feel like their own biggest cheerleader of their life, they're magnetic, you know, they are. Do you, what do you think, what is your, what is your perspective on that as an astrologist? Because as far as like attraction and like attracting and, and the energy, because I say that all, I, you know, I, I tell people all the time when you have the mindset, when you're, when you're going out and you are approaching people mm -hmm. or just talking to people like speed dating, for example, mm. I, you I know, hold it. You know, I'm a speed, you're, you're a speed dating host too. I'm a speed dating host. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think that's how we connected. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Um, I I always tell I always tell my singles who attend, I'm like, don't go in with an agenda mm -hmm. of thinking I need to walk out with a person. Go in going, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have 25 first dates. I'm gonna have so much fun. I'm gonna make so many great connections and have such great conversations. Mm -hmm. And I do feel that with that mindset shift, that that energy it helps open ourselves up. Do you agree? Okay. Totally. This is this is so funny. I, I forgot that you run um what's it called? <laughs> Speed dating events, me too. But this is the same thing. I think even when you go in with the narrow focus of I have to find a partner here, I have to find out who is going to be the best partner for me here, you almost go in with an energy that's kind of sucking. Whereas if you go and say, right, I've got four minutes. Let's make it the best four minutes ever. Let's have a great time. Let's see what we can create together. It, it's so much more magnetic, you know. It and is. You bring out the best in other people when you do that. And yes, you bring out the best of other people because you're putting them at ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also, I think, causes you to be present. Yes, true. Rather because I feel like when you're, yeah, because I, when the, 
the, in, um, there's a study that I read that said that you really know kind of with, within the first two minutes, whether or not the person's going to be a yes or no, just mm-hmm. based off of energy. Um, but I feel like if you just jump into that conversation as if that person's already been your friend and not make it to where it's so businessy or transactional, or you've already checked out when you've said to yourself, oh, this person isn't going to be my person. So I'm not, this is like, I'm totally wasting my time. I still feel that that energy can be felt by the other person where you're not being present, you're already moving on to the next. And I think it's, it's to your detriment to do that. Agreed. Because sometimes the spark, you know, it it doesn't always lead you to partners which are compatible. You know, that instant rush and attraction and draw, often that can lead to, you know, difficult relationships. At least I found and noticed. Sometimes you give someone a chance who feels safe and it grows, you know. It does. It's what I, yeah, it's what I call the slow burn. Mm, Nice. Yeah. When you meet somebody, what's that? They last much longer. Slow they do. They do. Yeah. And uh, I know I always, I will tell, I will tell my clients that if they, I always give them questions that they ask themselves after every date and um, to kind of like understand like what's going on in their body. How are they feeling? Like, is it really, is it really a spark or is it anxiety? Like what, what really is it? Because a lot of people will just like how people with finding out what your sign is Mm -hmm. and being like, Oh, we're never compatible. So not even giving that person the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. without like really knowing really truly who they are. Um, I feel like, um, you know, when we, even if, if that person is safe and we walk and we walk away, as long as we're just curious enough that we should give that person a second date. Yeah. Always a second date. Always a second date. <laughs> do you encourage, do you encourage a third date? I think that when there's an uncertainty always. Yeah. 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 If it's a hard no, it's a hard no. But I think if there's a little bit of room, why the hell not? Right. I mean, I, I, I think that again, without like, to me, we we're always looking for reasons to, on why it shouldn't work. So like when we're dating, it's like, we're looking for the red flags, looking for the, all the ways that we can't possibly be compatible as, as a way to protect ourselves. Right. So we, that's how we protect ourselves. But, um, you know, I feel like always leaning into the yes and mm-hmm. always looking for reasons why to say yes, yeah. not looking for reasons to say no. Again, I think helps that energy shift within ourselves of being m- more open just in general versus being extremely closed off and wondering why it's so hard to meet people. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not, we meet people every day. It's just, just not people that you claim to want. Yeah. Always people that they can have three non-negotiables, three mm. non-negotiables, but the rest has to be open. So you can't be saying this tool, this thing, this, that, you know, you can't have a, a list as long as my arm. There's three right. non-negotiables, you know, things which, you know, you can't, you can't get behind in someone, which can be fair, could be political or family or location. Um, and then that's it. Then you it's, have to leave. Yes. So what do you, do you, 
do you get a lot of pushback when you do that? When you say three non-negotiables only? I think people find it very difficult to yeah. minimize um, expectation. <laughs> yes. I mean, in speed dating, you notice it a lot, you know, when people come, often all the women come first and the men often are a little bit later. And often I talk to all the women, I say, what's your type and who are you looking for? And it's like, you know, flick, flick, flick. It's just you know and I think you know what, what's the most important thing and often it's just that someone is trustworthy the present or you know it often it, it's so it, it's just one little thing and the rest is just um I think it's what we've been told that we need to go for to feel worthy or to feel like successful or enough I don't often think it's actually people's authentic desire you know tool this that I think it's almost what we think we're supposed to want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's embarrassing. or It's like, you know, it, it's a facade in some way. It's not always actually what someone wants. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. There was, um, I know there's a study that was done in Australia that I read about that over 400 singles were, they they sat them down and said, okay, tell us exactly what it is that you want in a relationship. And they sat them all down and these are the things that they want or need. And then they watched them swipe and what they swiped on versus what they said that they wanted did not align. No, (laughs) no, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, swiping brings out the, the most critical in everybody. I know. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, I find in, in, in the work that we do, that's one of the things that we have to remind people of is that, well, especially since you're also, you also host speed dating, it's that online dating is not the only way to meet somebody. And in fact, they even incur, I mean, they even say still the number one way to meet somebody is through somebody. That's still like the best way to meet somebody is through somebody. Yes. And I, you know, I think people are like, they're constantly making excuses that people are so distracted and people are so busy and nobody's really paying attention. But I find, I mean, I don't know how it is over in London, but I find that it's, I think people are more eager to connect in real life now than they ever have been since the pandemic. Like, I think people are tired of digital. They're tired of swiping. They're tired of it, but they feel like they have no alternative. And I feel that that's all fear-based because it's much easier to hide behind a screen and to swipe than it is to actually put yourself out there and to show up to a speed dating event. Totally. Mm-hmm. I agree. Speed dating has had a real renaissance in London. Interestingly enough, I started, I don't run my own, I work for a dating company. And um, I started a year ago. And when I started, it was kind of, you know, 20 people, maybe it was just going to, um, I was just doing it because I was curious, you know. But actually, in the past few months, a lot of big publications like The Independent, a lot of our big newspapers, kind of like the New York Times of, of London, mm-hmm. have done big features on speed 
lighting events and it's become really really popular in London now as a kind of pushback to swiping and to dating apps and it's bringing in these hordes of actually particularly young people which has been a new yes. thing saying that they've had enough of of apps so I think it's on the rise I agree. And I think apps are, they're not going to go anywhere, but I think that I know for me, for, for the speed dating events that I do here, it's, I get a lot of men and younger men. So younger men, like what's 20, your, what's your like ages? Like who do you get? That's yeah. So it, it kind of depends. It's majority. I would say majority thirties and forties. That's like majority okay. of the ages that show up. Um, I do have a demographic of fifties plus it's smaller, but there is a demographic of fifties plus, And then there's a demographic of like 25 to 30, but mostly yeah. I would say the majority of majority of the people that show are the thirties and forties. What about you? Yeah, we have two brackets. We have oh, 25 to 40 and 35 mm. to 50, I think. And 35 to 50 is definitely our most popular bracket. Mm. We have a lot of men, which is actually different than a lot that of is. the other agencies is that we often are inundated with men. We have too many men. The oh, last wow. two ones I've done, we've had like many men and like six women. I've been like, God, how am I going to bloody organize this with my whistle? But we have have a lot of men. <laughs> I know, we have a lot of men. That's what I say to the women. I'm like, this is, you want to know where all the men are. They're all, you know, on a Tuesday night with me in this bar. <laughs> <Come down. laughs> we have a lot of men. Oh my gosh. That is kind of uncommon. I, I, I'm really lucky. I will get basically an equal amount of men and women oh, at, my, at my last event. I get, I got, I had 25 men and 27 women. So that was like. Now their ages were all over the board, but one of the things that I always say is that it's just like networking where it's, it's not in who you meet sometimes it's in what that connection might bring you. So it's, it's, it could be that they belong to some kind of club or activity that you are, you might be possibly interested in. It could be that they, their dad or mom is single and that you could possibly get connected. It could <laughs> yeah. be, you know, that they might know this other thing that's going on that you don't know about. So it's like, it's much, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice by not, not like, especially in a situation like this, where you know that everybody who's there is also single and is also looking. It's not like a bar that you walk into where you're wondering who's attached, who isn't, are they looking at me? Mm -hmm. Are they not? When you show up to speed dating, you know exactly what everybody's there for. Yeah. Whenever I'm once. Right. Yeah. It's refreshing. It is refreshing. refreshing. I wish I back when I was single. <laughs> so how long have you been with your partner? For five years next month. Oh my gosh. So how did, how did you meet your partner? It was so funny. He was just saying that to me before I came on the call. He's like, are you going to talk about how we met? I'm like, well, we don't really have a story. So not really, but I've been traveling for five years and um, I was a bit resistant to coming back to London, but I kind of had a feeling that I needed to do it, start business, kind of get, you know, anchor myself. And I met him six weeks after coming back pretty coincidentally. He ran an event space 
and I was looking for a job and I was kind of walking around these places and I came in and I introduced myself and he said are you sure we haven't met before and I said no I don't think we've met before and we had this very instant kind of click I suppose and we fell in love pretty fast and um yeah yeah kept me in London because I was this close to leaving back off to the US again but I stayed Oh my gosh. That, well, I think that that's a, I think, I mean, it's not, like you said, it's not like this long drawn out story, but like, it's not like, it's like, right. You were, I think it's just a testimony to the work that you do, right. You were open, you were vulnerable. You walked in, you didn't know you had a conversation and he had a, you know, it was, you were open. Yes. And he was not my type, you know, not my type, like not, not, it was not an instant kind of like, Oh, this is someone I want to be with. It was a feeling of why does it feel so good in my body being around this person? I just want to be around them all the time, but I don't know why. Mm. And then, you know, my heart caught up and I was like, oh no, I actually, I actually really like this person. But it was, you know, kind of six to eight weeks of, you know, every week having a coffee or something. And I just wanted to be by him, mm-hmm. but I didn't quite understand why he fancied me. <laughs> but I just wanted to kind of be around. And then it clicked. I thought, oh. I love him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so do you, you oh um, gosh. Um online actually. Um yeah. in the last place. Yeah, it was online and it was like a free website and um I was his first date out of his uh his marriage and um Oh wow. Yeah. So in like when people always say Oh, you know, I don't date people that are newly divorced or I don't pay, pay, date people that are going through a divorce. I always say it's a case by case basis. Cause I, that was my rule before I met him talking about rules and like all these things that we like create excuses for, but I, uh, that was my rule. And I remember I told him on our first date, I'm like, I don't date men that are going through a divorce. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And he's like, well, you know, I understand, but I would like to get to know you. And, and so, yeah, it was, um, thank goodness. Thank goodness. I, I didn't, I didn't listen to the fear and then I really leaned into the, to the love. So yeah. And here we are, we're almost nine years actually for us. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks. So tell, uh, (laughs) So tell if, if, if anybody, so you do have a, a very vibrant Instagram. So tell us a little bit about (laughs) what you, uh, what you do, what is it that you, so I'm going to make sure and put all of your links in the show notes just so that everybody can make sure and follow you, but you do, you, you do some, um, you do some insightful like readings and of what's going on and what's going on with the planets. And I know that I was watching you recently. There was a couple of, of, uh, posts that you made. Was it about Aries? I can't remember. It was a while back that yeah. I took a peek. Yeah. Okay, good. Shoot. Um, Aries, Aries. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. So what, uh, your Instagram, you share about kind of what's going on currently about with astrology, astrology and the planets and, and what to look for. And so tell us a little bit more about that, about your Instagram. So I love that you call my Instagram vibrant. It really made me laugh. I don't know why I thought it was funny. Vibrant. It is Um, vibrant. So I record 
uh, fortnightly full moon and new moon videos. So they're really ways to begin to just connect very kind of gently with the astrology that's happening around us and just knowing which kind of energies we are currently in the midst of. So every month we have a full moon and a new moon and the full moon is generally for releasing things and the new moon is for calling things in. So I've been recording these videos for I think about three years, twice a month, and they're generating a really beautiful community of people who were kind of getting into astrology but weren't quite sure how to work with it or, you know, how to connect with it. And through the videos, they're kind of thinking, ah, actually, I'm needing to release something in my life this week. Ah, it's the full moon. Okay, I'm beginning to kind of connect with it. Or, you know, it's the new moon. I really want to go for a new job or go for something. This is a good time to do it. So it's just kind of really weaving astrology into daily life. So it's not something abstract and out there that you have to believe in. It's just something that you you live. So if it so... I, cause I think sometimes when people, uh, talk about mercury and retrograde, like that whole, yeah, that, that's a thing. Yeah. It's a real thing where there's like people, when there's, uh, some chaos that's going on, uh, that's kind of like, I, I don't think I ever heard that until the pandemic until like, again, like you said, a lot of us were kind of doing a deeper dive on certain topics that we're, we were always so curious about. So um that is a real thing yeah yeah I mean it's it's interesting with astrology during you know 2020 you know bear in mind being an astrologer before 2020 you have your clients you have your people but it was seen as a little kind of niche and 2020 it just brought astrology into the mainstream in a way that I hadn't experienced before you know people talking about mercury retrograde (laughs) without really knowing what it was just saying like is Mercury retrograde? Is that why I feel so mad today or something? It's like, when what? did this happen? My God. But um, really through my Instagram, I try to just talk about what's happening astrologically right now. And if it resonates with people, you know, gives them some meaning for something they're going through or, or letting go of, then, then that, that's good for me. Yeah. It's well, I, I just think that what you're doing is such incredible work. And I feel that, you know, there's not enough of us that do this work to go around. Like, I really feel that all of us add so much value to, uh, the world of love and relationships. And we all have our own ways that we can help educate and inspire and and move people to have them have greater understanding. And I just, I just love what you do. And I just think that there's so much need for it in this world. And, uh, I know that, um, when it comes to really kind of really getting to know who you are using astrology as a tool is probably one of the best things that you can do. That's just my own. I just think the more knowledge you can get about yourself, the better. So that's just my take on it. I agreed. There's, there's not been anything in my life that I felt as seen by and understood by as astrology. Yes. Yeah. So Lucy, if somebody wants to work with you, where do they, where do they go? Okay. So if you'd like to work with me, you can head to my website, lucy-porter.com. And there's a whole breakdown, a work with me page of having an initial consultation where we really kind of explore your birth chart. And I explain all of this to you but through the lens of yourself it makes a lot more sense when you're looking at it and it's about you 
They also have mentorship packages and coaching packages if you're interested in love or self-development or confidence. You can find it all on my website. Wonderful. Well, I'll make sure and put that in the show notes, but thank you so much, Lucy, for being here. Such a great conversation. I feel like you and I are very, uh, very much aligned in, in what we do. And, um, it's such a pleasure having you here and I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you. It's been, a, thank you so much for having me. And I think you're lovely, really Aww. lovely. I think you're lovely too. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, my friend. I will make sure and put all of her links down in the show notes. I know that she does these readings. I think it's once a week. I think we were talking about it. So make sure and go give her a follow. Um, go give her a follow on Instagram. Um, a huge, gigantic hug of appreciation. And thank you to Lucy. Thank you so much for being here and for allowing me an opportunity to interview you. Um, and just as a reminder, my friend, uh, Dear Matchmaker is a little bit of, is a little labor of love. If you have um, any questions or uh, any particular topics that you would like for me to cover, you can also um, contact me at theheartagency.com where I offer matchmaking, dating, coaching, singles events, and so much more. You can contact me there. You can also contact me, dearmatchmaker.com, or just email me directly, cat at theheartagency.com, which by the way, by the way, uh, a wait list is forming, my friend, about my upcoming retreat next year. I'm only gathering a wait list if you're interested. This isn't a sales call. I'm not going to bombard you. Just I want to know if there's enough women out there who are interested in wanting to come on a retreat with me. So please make sure and email me and just say I'm interested. Cat at the hard because I want to hear from you. And uh, as always, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please make sure and subscribe because your subscribe are your subscriptions are gold, gold over here uh, at Dear Matchmaker. So subscribe, rate and review. Uh, you know, I always love to get uh, your reviews. So I love to hear from you. And if you're not following me, please make sure and come follow me at Cat Cantrell, both on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Well, thank you again. Dear Matchmaker would not be a podcast without your ears and without you being here. I truly, truly do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And remember, true love is waiting for you and I will see you next time.